0: Hello everyone, welcome to the Incremental Gains podcast, so I'm recording this on a Monday morning To look outside, you'd say it was miserable, you'd say it was raining, it's dark, it's miserable We're going to finish off what we talked about last week, and we're going to talk about state and perception My perception of today could be that it's a miserable day, it's a shitty day, so nothing good is going to come of today. But I can change my perspective, I can change my perception, and I can look at the rain and think, yes, it's awesome for the garden. We harvested some vegetables yesterday from the patch, and the rest of the veggies now and the flowers and the plants are getting loads of water, they look fresh, they look vibrant. So my perception could be that it's a shitty day because it's raining and pissing it down but that's like the garden looks awesome because it's getting water it's getting life question your perceptions it's just your model of the world anyway this week we're looking at chapter four one body one piece i actually written this quite a while ago and i've edited it to bring it more up to date um if you're interested after listening to this, one of the episodes that was highly influenced was the podcast with Dan John that we did. I'm gonna go into it in the in the audio, but Dan John was a big influence back in the day for me. And it influenced our our thoughts about training and lifting weights and all that kind of thing. So when I was in my late teens, early 20s, I was obsessed with weight training. Um, constantly in the gym. Anyone who lives in St. Helens will remember the old college gym when you had to go downstairs. That was where I used to train when I was like 16, 17 years of age. I was weight training with one goal in mind to get as big as possible, muscle mass. Obviously, looking back now, there was some insecurity issues. I'm going to talk about them in a later chapter. I was always skinner. And I was always, when you said picked on, I'm not saying I was bullied. You know what kids are like, kids are kids. They pick on something that might stand out. I was tall, I was skinny. But it must have had some effect on me internally. And when I was growing up, all my idols were alpha males. Bruce Lee, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone, later Michael Jordan, Dorian Yates, Mike Tyson, Conor McGregor, Back then, the internet was still relatively new. There was no such thing as smartphones, so you learn by watching other people in the gym. Which inherently, in St. Allen's, Monday was chest and arms, Tuesday was shoulders and back, and if you actually made it to the gym on a Friday, you may or may not do legs, or just do arms again. <laughs> so bear in mind, right, that I'm six foot 4 I'm 16, and I'm skinny. Looking back, I was obviously not genetically disposed to put on a muscle. I was in every sense of the word, a hard gainer. Again, those who know me, know that I was subscribing to Flex magazine, Muscle and Fitness every month, and devouring every article and training regime of all the athletes in there. And I continued to train like this from 17, probably to the age of 30. I bought all the supplements, even the Mexican ones, again i want going to touch on this in a later episode. Branch chain amino acids, creatine, alanine, glutamine. I think it's safe to say looking back that I was pretty obsessed, maybe to the detriment of other aspects of my life. Now once the information revolution started, you could actually start to research things for yourself and learn from experts. Which now brings me back up to date to a guy called Dan John. Dan John was recently on the podcast. Dan John's an American trainer to a varied mix of clients from elite athletes to the average person walking down the street. His philosophy had a profound effect on how I continue to train and I still use his protocols today. But it also changed the way I view my mind, my thoughts, my behaviours and my emotions. It does not just apply in the gym, it applies to life. So when we set goals in business, our personal lives, physically or mentally, I never realised, and I don't think we do generally, that these things are connected. They don't happen in isolation to other aspects. I interviewed Dan on the podcast, and he said the COVID epidemic and job losses and worry are going to affect your personal best deadlift that day. If you've got toothache or you split up with your partner, You'd be an idiot to think that isn't going to have an impact on your performance in the weight room. How often do we see the multimillionaire who's miserable as fuck? Who's fat, who's overweight. He doesn't see his kids. He's getting divorced from his wife. I know it's a cliche, and actually a lot of successful businessmen have their health and relationships on point. But that is the point I'm trying to make. Everything affects everything else. Dan John talks about all the lees emotionally, physically, financially, spiritually, and mentally. What we crave as humans is balance, and we sometimes neglect the balance that is needed between these aspects of our life. It's not easy, but if we take the example of the body and using a squat movement, this works the whole body, even though it's a leg exercise. It isn't, by the way, it's a a compound lift, a whole body lift. But it's the knees, the ankles, the hips that are moving. But it's going to stimulate human growth hormone in the whole body. So as a result, the whole body is affected. I want to stick to the fitness and strength analogy. It's one that makes more sense to me. If we are healthy in our bodies, i.e. resistance training, flexibility, We've got good cardiovascular fitness. Again, a balance across all areas. This is going to affect other areas of our life. It'll affect you mentally. It might sound obvious, but some people are still not aware of the connection. And that's okay. It'll affect you emotionally, as you will have used pent up energy and not being emotional when in stressful situations. So you might be asking how does that help me financially? Well, it doesn't directly, but as a byproduct of being healthier, it would allow you to be more focused, have more energy when working on your business or when you're at work. Balance in all these areas is one of the biggest learning points I have gotten out of people I have listened to and learned from. One body, one piece. This is Dan John's training mantra. Train the body like it's one piece, not in isolation. The idea that you don't separate each muscle group. As humans, we walk, we jump, we run, we lift, we throw, we use our whole body, so we should be trained as such. What are you going on about? What has this got to do with anything you might be asking? Well, this part of the audio, the rant, whatever you want to call it, it's not really about strength training. Surprise, surprise. How often do we try a different diet or a workout routine in the name of getting healthier, and realistically, how long do we commit to this? Think back to a time when you've had a bad day at work, a stressful journey home, an argument with the missus or the husband, and then thought, you know what, can't be asked with a gym, with a HIT class, I can't be asked going running. The body and the mind are one piece, they are interconnected. If we change our state, we change our perception, going back to last week's. One body, one piece. When you get home from that run, or you've passed the exam or attended the job interview, or stepped out of your comfort zone, you feel damn good, the chemicals have been released, the oxytocin, the serotonin, the dopamine. Have you, ever, have you ever been present enough to notice how the body holds itself when you were in a positive frame of mind, i.e. a positive state? Ever noticed how your breathing changes your attitude and your behaviour, all because of this change of state. Again, these chemicals that are produced in your body that make up the part of this feel-good cocktail that are produced by the brain. Serotonin is predominantly produced in the gut, approximately 90%. The episode with Martin Cohen, when we discussed nutrition, yes, you heard that correctly, the chemical that is in charge of regulating mood, appetite and sleep is produced in the gut, So next time you hear the expression, you are what you eat, it's not actually that far from the truth. Pick up that microwave pizza box and have a look at how many ingredients you can't pronounce. And then think of the health of your gut, how that will affect your mood, your state. Petrol in a diesel engine comes to mind. Anyway, I'm digressing a little bit, but it's all connected, you get the point. Are you still in a good mood? How's your state? Don't worry, it won't last long before your mind starts to wander, dwelling on the past, thinking about the future and the infinite things on your to-do list. Before you know it, you're in a bad mood. Your body language, your physiology, is copying your emotions. You've just snapped at the kids or the dog, the wife, the husband, the person in the red card who cut you up at the roundabout. Your state can change in an instant. So what's my point? We concentrate so much on our physical bodies. If we ever noticed that we had gained a few extra pounds and that we couldn't fit in our jeans anymore, then we would do something about it. Or maybe we wouldn't, but the point is, we would have noticed. We would have been aware. How many people snapping at the kids or getting angry at partners or avoiding precious situations or who act differently when they're nervous are aware that this is how they behave? And how many do something about it? In reality, there are a few tools and techniques that can help us reduce stress and anxiety. Now don't get it wrong, I'm not perfect. I'm writing this as it helps me to remember that I'm still a work in progress. I still have things to work on. I'll still snap every now and again. But I apologise, I acknowledge it, and I try to get better and work on myself. Now I'm not referring to some Darren Brown, power of suggestion, hypnosis type stuff. Simple exercises that can help us to remain present, enable us to become more aware of our bodies and our minds, and therefore understand a little bit better how we react in certain situations. Have you ever caught yourself dwelling on the past or worrying about the future? Well, that's the first step to becoming aware, becoming mindful. If you didn't realise that your mind takes you off in all sorts of wonderful directions, then don't judge yourself too harshly. No no one explains this to us and it isn't taught in school. Maybe as a result of reading this, you may just catch yourself dwelling on something that happened in the past and laugh as you realise what you were doing. Or the next time that that car cuts you up in traffic on the roundabout and you're about to turn the air blue, you're about to swear your head off, but you catch yourself. Congratulate yourself. You've just regained control of your mind and that's a powerful thing. The medicine for my suffering was inside me all the time, said Bruce Lee. Marcus Aurelius was famous for saying, Today, I escaped from anxiety, as it was within me, inside my own perception. These two quotes, 2000 years apart, show that all humans suffer from the same things. We all suffer from anxiety, we all suffer from stress, from whatever, from unhappiness. But these two people came to the same conclusion. I love what Paul Moore says when he says that we create our own anxieties, we create depression, we create imposter syndrome. Left unattended, these can turn into serious health issues, but they are not contagious, you can't catch them. We create them. To summarise and really dial down on the point I'm trying to make about how our physical state can affect our motivation and our thoughts and therefore ultimately our actions. When you wake up first thing in the morning, you probably feel like 5 or 6 out of 10. Something drastic has happened. So you're still tired, right? And then you sit up straight. Are your physiology. You might take a deep breath. Do something physical like have a shower or a stretch. You do something to change your state, to change your energy. Which changes your focus. Now I don't know if this has ever happened to you but have you ever tried to make a decision straight away after waking up? It's Probably not the best way to do it, but I would assume that that decision wouldn't have been the most educated ever. You weren't in a good state to make a good decision at that point. So that goes for the rest of the day. Think about times in the week when you've had to make choices, and what was the outcome of them choices. Now try and remember what your state was when you made the decision. Hope it makes sense. Now, next week, we're going to be looking at focus and consumption in a little bit more detail. So tune in and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening.